Last week, we had gotten into the chap- uh, chapter 17 of Genesis, <clears throat> and we got down to verse 15. But just to kind of uh, remind us of, of what all's happened here in chapter 17, uh, to begin with, we had uh, we have God coming to Abram <clears throat> after 13 years. So we had uh, in chapter 16 there there it was after 10 years of them being of Abram and Sarah being <clears throat> within the 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 land of Canaan there we have God coming to them uh, or we have the events unfolding in, in chapter 16 and and we have Hagar uh, uh, giving Abram a child uh, whom was named Ishmael. But then after that time period, from the end of chapter 16 to the beginning of chapter 17, we have 13 years that transpired. So we have more than, than, than double the time of what they had, uh, had originally spent there in the land of Canaan to now uh, in between these times that, uh, that God had come to them. But we have God coming to him at the uh, after thirteen years, so Ishmael would have been thirteen years old, and at this time God comes to him to, to Abram and changes his name from Abram to Abraham. We talked about that some last week, <clears throat> and we also have uh, God uh, reaffirming the promises with Abram uh, and establishing a covenant with him. Uh, in which God also gives uh, Abraham uh, something to do uh, for a sign as far as the covenant goes as well, which was circumcision, which we talked about last week. And and right here in verse 15, where we pick up, uh, we find God talking about Abraham's wife, Sarah. So let's pick up here in verses 15 and 16 where it says, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarah your wife, you shall not call her Sarah, but Sarah for, shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of, nation, of nations. Kings of peoples shall, come, shall be from her. So here we have, uh, you know, we already, like I said, uh, back in, I want to say it was verse 5. Yes, verse 5, we have God changing Abram's name to Abraham. And uh, and after going through uh, the covenant that he's establishing with him and uh, and, and the aspect of what Abram needs to do as far as his end of the covenant at this time goes for uh, circumcision, we have God coming to uh, are talking about his wife, Sarah, and changing her name from Sarah to Sarah. Now, the best I can tell as far as the name changes uh, from, uh, I was trying to remember what, where I was reading this at. I won't say it was uh, Matthew, Matthew Henry uh, commentary had made mention that Sarah had uh, was meaning my princess to where Sarah was meaning a princess. Uh, 
and and little slight change there. <clears throat> Both of them still meaning princess, but it's just the the aspect before as far as my and a princess. Um, but in him coming to to him and, and changing her name as well also shows significance as far as him uh, showing the awareness of of uh, Sarah's uh, barrenness uh, as far as her not being able to to provide a child uh, for Abram as well. And also, keep in mind, uh, from the beginning of this chapter up until now, Abram, in, at least in my head, Abraham wasn't really expecting uh, this, this, this aspect here. You know, he, in his mind, he had uh, Ishmael, <coughs> whom he was just assuming was going to be uh, the promised son, <clears throat> and uh, and at this point, you know, it it, it must have threw Abraham off guard, which is you know, and part of the reason why I say that is because what we have coming up in the next couple of verses here. Uh, so this was kind of a complete change of mind as far as what what might have been going on here, as far as this whole uh, aspect, as far as the reason why Abraham might have been thinking why God was coming to him and, and telling him these things. So, any thoughts or comments before we can keep going? Absolutely, absolutely. In case you didn't hear Jim, he made some mention of, of how that in changing uh, Sarah's name to Sarah, it also points out the fact that it was through Sarah that this covenant was going to be established with uh, in, the, in the child that she's going to have uh, with him and not with Hagar, which I was going to make mention of later on as far as the names you know, if you stop and think about it, uh, God would have changed, would have basically named Abraham, would have named Sarah, would have named Isaac and Ishmael, would have named all of them except for Hagar, which is, I thought was kind of interesting uh, when we get down to the end of the chapter and see all of these names and, and, and realizing that God was the one that kind of set these names in place. This is going to be your name, your name, your name, your name. Mike? Sarah and no, or Sarah being princess and to no, noble one, woman, noble woman. That's interesting. I, which I've gotten in a bad habit of of pulling out my Strong's book because of the program. And I, I maybe I just didn't do it right, but it didn't. I didn't see that in in the Strong's. I have to go back and look at that. But thank you. Uh, so Sarah meaning noble woman. And Sarah meaning princess. Is that right? All right. Well, I have to, like I said, I have to go back and look at that. I appreciate you bringing that out. Anything else? All right. Well, let's continue on into verses 17, <clears throat> 17 through 19. Keep it in mind, this is right after uh, God changes Sarah's name and, and makes Abraham aware of the fact that it's going to be through the son that she has. Uh, that the the promise will be through. So starting in verse 17, we find, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, or Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. 
Then God said, no, Sarah, your wife, shall be your son, shall, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. <clears throat> All right. Well, like I said, this, this, when you're looking at verse 17, this must have really caught Abraham off guard uh, in, in the aspect of Sarah giving him a son. Um, and it goes into the aspect, says that, um, you know, as far as when, when Abraham, after he had laughed and, and, and started thinking about it, like, you know, really? Me at 100 years old and Sarah at 90? And by the way, this was the verse I was trying to find uh, weeks ago because I kept knowing that there was somewhere that was saying uh, 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 the difference in, or the age difference in between Sarah and Abraham. And I know Jim pointed it out or had made mention it was a 10-year difference. Uh, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but... Um, but that was here that I, that I was trying to remember. Um, but anyhow, you here we have uh, Sarah, who is well past the age of of, of childbearing, and uh, and he's thinking, you know, really, is this really going to happen? And then he's, uh, and then in verse eighteen, we find Abraham going to God and saying, "Oh, that Ishmael might live before you," you know, and. and you know, Abram, Abraham being 99 years old, and keep in mind, this is, uh, Ishmael would have been 13 at this time. And me personally, I can understand. You know, I mean, having a 13-year-old son at 99 years old and thinking, oh, again, another one? <laughs> no, seriously, I'm just messing around with that one. But, <clears throat> but I mean, for whatever the reason, uh, Abraham requesting that, that the promised son be through Ishmael and, and you know, whether and it may be concerned that uh, it, it could have been possibly, as what we read in verse 17, that he was thinking with a human mindset with the aspect that, you know, well, Sarah's past the age of childbearing, uh, not thinking about, you know, how that anything's possible with God. <clears throat> That's what we'll see uh, the Lord actually say in chapter 18, but uh, it could be also that he had concern for Ishmael, you know, wondering, well, what's going to happen with Ishmael, you know, um, so that could be why he had also put Ishmael out there as far as let the promise come through through Ishmael. But in verse 19, uh, we have God's answer uh, back to Abraham and saying, uh, no, Sarah, uh, your wife shall bear you a son. Now, I did uh, read, and it seems like it was only in certain uh, King James versions, I think, uh, but the word no here is is taken out. And the, the reasons behind that, I couldn't quite grasp 100%, but in every other version I could find, it, it has some reference to, to no there. Um, does anybody have the King James Version in here? I'm, I know that there's probably at least a couple. It, is the word no or some? So that's right. I do remember that. 
NIV did say, yes, Sarah, your wife, um, which is just making the contrast, you know, that no, it's not going to be Ishmael, it's going to be Sarah, your wife. Indeed, I, and that was King James, is that right? Okay, so <clears throat> Jeff's saying that the King James that he has there says uh, that Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son indeed, uh, in, emphasizing the indeed, uh, showing that it is definitely going to be coming from Sarah, not from Hagar. So Ishmael will definitely not be the promised son, and confirming that it's, it's only going to be through the son that Sarah has, which will ultimately be Isaac, that the covenant's going to be going through. Any other thoughts or comments before we keep moving? Right, so in, in uh, one of the uh, uh, things I was reading about that makes reference to how that kind of go along with that thought process as far as how that sometimes we might try to expect less than what the actual promises of God are, uh, has set for us just for maybe for uh, efficiency or, or because we think that, that we know better but yet like you said in Isaiah you know, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are better than your ways Yep, and uh, and, we'll, and well, I'll save it for next chapter. But it, well, it's it's just interesting when we find that you know, Sarah as well uh, will laugh at at the aspect here as far as her having a child. But um, but yeah, it it it, it does make you wonder, you know how how uh. God may have felt or how he might have uh, truly been here when Abraham's just basically, you know, laughing at the idea of this happening. All right, starting at our verses 21 and, or 20 and 21, we have God continuing his response back to Abraham uh, saying, and as for Ishmael, I have heard you, behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him a seed. He shall beget twelve uh, princes, princesses, princes, uh, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. First of all, I want to to point out the aspect that that God. Apparently, because of the concern that he had, that Abraham had for Ishmael, uh, God points out or, or lets him know uh, what he had in store for Ishmael and how that he will make him a, a uh, he will uh, multiply him, and that he will beget uh, twelve princes. I do want to point out the differences here. Uh, if you look in 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 verse 16, it talks about how that from Sarah, uh, the son that she will have, that kings of peoples shall come from her. But yet, so ultimately Isaac will have kings coming from him to where we have Ishmael having princes coming from him, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting when you look at the differences there and how much you're better of uh, the, the covenant with Isaac's going to be versus the how that he's going to take care of Ishmael as well. 
Uh, and then God also emphasizing in verse 21 how that it is definitely going to be through Isaac uh, once again and also giving a time frame, the set, set time next year. Uh, and you know, keeping in mind, Abraham here is 99 years old, so at 100 years old, uh, he'll have this, this child, which we see come to fruition in the first part of chapter 21. All right, verse 22 through 23 says, Then he finished talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. So Abraham took Ishmael's son, all who were born in his house, and all who were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very same day as God had said to him. All right. So here, as soon as, as we see them finishing talking, and, and God departs from Abraham, uh, Abraham takes uh, Ishmael and all those that were part of his house uh, and circumcises him. Now, uh, for one, this shows the, the, the fact that Abraham didn't delay in this. He immediately... Uh, uh, takes on this and, and takes this task uh, and finishes it as he, he says uh, and points out that it was done that very same day. And I also want to keep and you know, remind you, and I don't know about you, but me especially when I think about this, um, you know, when I think about Abraham and, and Sarah, I usually don't think about this huge, great number of people that he has with him. But if you remember back in chapter 14 and verse 14, how that Abraham had 318 trained men born in his house that they went out to fight against. So, I mean, this, was, this wasn't just a couple of people that he was circumcising here. I mean, this was several people um, that he, he went through and had the circumcision with. So, I mean, in the fact that this was taking place in the same day, now, I'm not saying that Abraham personally did this himself through all these all these men that same day, but at the same time, all of it happened that day. So, just wanted to point that out. Any other thoughts or comments there? Absolutely. And what Eric had made mention of there, it says, it, it, you know, in reading this and thinking about the, the outcome here and how that the, uh, how the, just one man, the faithfulness of one man, how that, how many people was blessed through this. So, Absolutely. Any other thoughts or comments? All right, let's finish up the chapter here. Um, <clears throat> starting in verse 24, read, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. The very same day <clears throat> Abraham was circumcised in his, uh, in his son Ishmael and all the the men of his house, uh, born in the house or bought with the money uh, from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. Now, one aspect that I wanted to point out here uh, that I thought was interesting, and I didn't know this until I was reading uh, in a commentary about this, but to this day, the Arabs, uh, not, the, not the Jews, but the Arabs uh, whom claim descendants from Abraham through uh, Hagar, 
they also, uh, uh, also uh, observe this rite of circumcision. But the difference here is that rather than on the eighth day of circumcision you know, that they are circumcised, they wait until they are 13 years old before they are circumcised uh, as far as the, the uh, Arabs. But well, it just it, it shows an interesting contrast here as far as the, the, the two nations that we have here as far as Ishmael and, uh, and Isaac. But I thought that was kind of interesting. Any other thoughts or comments so before we close out chapter 17, going on into chapter 18? All right, well, chapter 18. First of all, before we, we dig into this, I just want to, to just because I like a good time stamp. I like to, to, to have a, a knowledge of, you know, generally the time frame uh, in between things. And sometimes we just don't know. Uh, but when we do know, I like to kind of point it out. But when you look at the beginning of chapter 18, or actually from the end of chapter 17 here, to the first parts of chapter 21, uh, down through, I can't remember, first five or six verses there of chapter 21, uh, this is a time span of, a, of about a year, all right? Because here we have, uh, like I said, at the end of chapter 17, we've got the aspect or the promise um, of Isaac uh, within the set time uh, next year as what uh, verse 21 says there in chapter 17. And then, like I said, the beginning part of chapter 21, we have the actual birth of Isaac. So, and it even makes reference to how that Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. So, we have a time stamp of the next few chapters of being within that year, that year time frame. Um, so just wanted to point that out and keep that, you know, that you guys have that in your head at least. But as we look into chapter 18, let's start with the first two, two verses. It says, Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day, so he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. <clears throat> All right, so here we have uh, Abraham sitting out in the, in the heat of the day is what it says. Uh, from the best I can gather on this, this is in midday which is why it would be the heat of the day. And he's sitting in the tent door here, um, uh, here relaxing from what I'm gathering here. And I, I tell you, and I don't know if this is how it went, but when I read through this and I think about it, I can almost see him, you know, kind of kicked back there in, in, his, uh, in his whatever chair or what have you, you know, kind of resting his eyes a little bit. And, you know, and he opens his eyes up, whoa. There's some men walking around over here. Let me, let me run out here and, and greet them. <clears throat> but like I said, I don't know if that's how it happened, but I, I can see them. You know, we, we do know that he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day uh, under the shade of the tear of the trees. <clears throat> and, uh, and he lifted his eyes or he looked out and he saw these three men. Uh, 
the, the three men here will ultimately be uh, the, the one of them being the pre-incarnated Christ uh, from what the best I can find as far as that goes and two of them be some type of angels. So these are the three men. Uh, now, once again, from the best that I can, I can tell on this, Abraham didn't know who these men were uh, at the time, but yet he runs out and, and bows himself to the ground. You're basically uh, uh, giving them a warm welcoming. You're uh, uh, showing humility. Uh, but at the same time, you're and, and there are some commentators that seem to think that, that Abraham did know uh, that, that these were uh, angels in a sense as far as the men that, that uh, were coming to appear to him. But it very well could be is what uh, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2 says when it says, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so some have unwittingly entertained angels. Um, and, you know, I'm just throwing that out there because what it, how it makes reference to how that you, there might be times where people have entertained uh, 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 angels and not knowingly. Yes? Um, <clears throat> verses 3 through 5 says, and this is Abraham talking to the, the men that, that he came to, says, My Lord, if I have found, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by in as much as you have come to your servant. And they said, do as you have said. In this passage, we see, uh, first of all, Abraham uh, presenting a, a true uh, hosp- hosp- uh, hospitality here and wanting to, to make sure that they are cared for, that as they are these, these men that are traveling, that they get some rest, they get uh, their feet cleaned up and get a little bit of, of bread. Uh, now, the, there is a, a thought that I want you to keep in mind as we continue to read through what happens after this was if you look at what Abraham had made reference to these men as far as, you know, and get a morsel of bread, you know, maybe just a little bit of bread and, and clean your feet up and take a little rest off here. And the aspect of what he actually does here is pretty amazing uh, when you think about it because what he's actually going to serve them, you know, when he, Look, look at this and the amount of bread that he's going to have out there or the cakes or whatever you want to call them. Uh, he's going to present to them, not to mention a, uh, a nice tender calf is what he's going to uh, present to them. So when you think about the, the contrast here as far as him saying a morsel of bread uh, to refresh your hearts and, and you may be on your way after you've rested and had a little bit of bread and and had your feet cleaned up and all. But when we, when we get on down to it and you look at the, the steak dinner that he provides for them, you know, rather than just a little bit of bread here. So just thought I'd point that out. 
Right. Well, I, I don't know how that works out too in, in, in weight. I did have a note in that as far as the three measures of fine meal uh, that we'll read about in the next section of, of Scripture here. Now, what I had read that that three measures of fine meal uh, would have equated to about three gallons of meal. So, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know how that worked out in weight, but it, it is, when you think about it, that's a lot. <laughs> That, very, that could be a possibility. I didn't think about that, Mike. It, you know, it could be that he brought his whole company together and gathered around these men, and, and they all had a, a nice meal there. That's a very good possibility. Because I was thinking about, you know, because it talks about a, a, a calf, so, you know, it's a smaller uh, uh, animal here, and, and butchering that. And I got to thinking about, you know, boy, I tell you, you know, if they would have gotten a big one, I mean, they would have had to gotten a small one. Because, I mean, man, a big one, boy. You can feed a ton of people uh, with that, with that kind of meat. But even a calf is a, a decent size. I mean, you still get a lot of meat from that. But that is a good thought, though, that he might have had a lot more than just you, know, him and these three guys here. Or maybe it was they were just preparing it for everybody else at the same time. I don't know. Very good thought, though. All right. Well, let's keep going here. Um, verses six and eight. <clears throat> Or six through eight. It says, So Abram hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, <clears throat> make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. <clears throat> so here we have uh, Abraham going through and, and taking this, uh, Abraham running uh, or hurrying into the, the tent to let Sarah know to make ready these uh, three measures of, of fine meal is what we made reference to. I can't remember the weight that, that was mentioned there. Like I said, it was around three gallons of, um, of, of meal here that's being put out there. And uh, just a thought here, and, and once again, it, for some reason when I think about these things, I, I have to keep in my head that this isn't just a, a small group. You know, this is a big group of, of people that Abraham have. And when I think about this tent, you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, like when you go camping, you put up this little tent, you kind of crouch down and get up in there and everything. Yeah, this is probably a good size uh, thing here. But what I'm trying to get at, though, is that Sarah, uh, just because Abraham told Sarah to make these, didn't mean that she might not have had servants there that was going over there to make this. You know, this was a lot of meal. You know, this wasn't something that she was just going to hurry up and make by herself real fast. You know, that she had other people helping her just as uh, Abram took the calf to uh, a young man is what it says. I think some versions say servant um, to prepare the calf. Uh, so just throwing, out, throwing that out there. But once again, think about uh, the meal that he's actually preparing here, or he's getting prepared uh, to place before these men. <clears throat> this isn't just a small, you know, morsel of food here. This is a, a meal. All right, real quick, 9 through 10 says, 
Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. So we have, uh, like I said, it, at the beginning, it's very possible that Abraham nor Sarah really knew who these men were as far as them being, uh, two of them being angels and one of them being the pre- pre-incarnated Christ. Um, and so here we have this, uh, these, this going on, and obviously from what we read in the next set of verses, they would have known Sarah would have been basically sitting right by the door listening to them as far as what's going on. So, And not to mention, I wanted to point out the aspect that this wasn't a whole long time after uh, uh, chapter uh, 17 there where Sarah's name was changed, but yet we have uh, this man saying, where is Sarah, your wife? Not to mention, how would I even known even the first name that she would have had you know, versus her new name anyhow, uh, unless they had made mention of it you know, in conversation before this time. But anyhow, he's, he asked where his wife was at, says that she's inside the tent, <coughs> and, uh, and he also points out that, that this time next year, ultimately, that Sarah will have a child. Honestly, I didn't do any research on it, but I guess in my head, I, I just kind of thought about it being you know, the time of life as far as the time that it would take for life to be born. Did you, is there something else going on there that I didn't know about? All right, so the time of life could be springtime because that's when everything starts to come back around. All right. Well, I tell you, we'll just pick up there next week because it is time to put up. But that is a very good uh, uh, thought there. But any other thoughts or comments before we close out, though? All right. We'll pick up on what uh, happens with, with Sarah after she hears this comment, listening by the tent door. Thank you very much.